Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, episode number 54, Hold the Door. That's right, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but we're not holding any doors this fortnight, ladies and gentlemen. We are holding a ceremony, while Snag's got some words to say about that, because I don't think there should be one, but episode 54 coming to you hot and heavy in your ears, ladies and gentlemen. Harvey Snags is gone. New game show this week, but yeah, before I take over, let the boys have some laughs. I better hand over to the man with the buttons. Producer DL, talk to me, baby. How are we? Snags, I'm good. Actually, getting on the potty tonight with the boys was actually keeping me motivated today. So much going on at the moment. I'm looking forward to jumping into today's podcast. The last two weeks have been nuts. We had UFC 263 with Connor and Dustin. We wrapped up our mid-year champ on the back of that card as well, which we'll get into, which you alluded to uh, in your intro. We did our Hot Wings Challenge with Punchless MMA. Uh, that was fun. So that's on our uh, YouTube and IGTV at the moment for anyone that hasn't caught it. If you want to have a bit of a laugh and uh, a weird part about dolphins, but um, jump in there and check that out. Actually, by the way, we're off Drew Dober as a podcast, boys. Just want to make sure it's uh, clear oh. out there as the as the man declined. Uh, Nothing's changed for snags, by the way. Always <laughs> off him. Always off him. And boys, we put our first two blogs out, a uh, little content we're doing for Neds, which was good. So the first two penned by our man, Statman, which were, were pretty cool. So you can get that on the Neds website. You can also get it on our uh, website too, run it back, podcast.store. So we've uh, loaded up those blogs on there. This week, sneak peek. We'll talk about it soon. Uh, but Stoney's taken over the pen for this week. So looking forward to jumping in that later in the podcast. Let me introduce the man across from me. As he sips the latte that I prepped for him early today. Fancy. <laughs> Stoney, what's good? This latte is phenomenal, DL. Uh, I think you took the words out of everyone's mouth. It's been a hectic couple of weeks. Good to be back on the potty with the boys. Things starting to heat up, not only in the MMA world, but NBA. Bit of a shout out to Milwaukee Bucks making a bit of a series, keeping us uh, on our toes. I assume we're all on the Suns, boys. Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Agreed. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> says the man who played how many four years and never hit a bucket I'm sure Phoenix Suns are fucking thrilled to have you on board Statman <laughs> sign him up oh, dude, was, well. it came at me so hard he <laughs> did too he came real hard no better segue but Stoney's thrown the old uh, alley-oop up you've missed the ball but anyway Statman talk to us how are we well I'm fucking depressed now Jesus Christ <laughs> You just, right. just told me a new one. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing, I'm doing well. We had obviously the Connor card UFC 264. Um, and I talked about it previously, like that that pre-fight build for a Connor card. And then there's that little pre-fight, uh, the post-fight lull. If you're like, oh, the event is over. But luckily we had Islam Makachev fight uh, on the weekend. And that and obviously um, Misha Tate as well, her long-awaited return. So very, very exciting and we've got a couple of really good fights ahead of us as well. So I'm very, very excited for that. Well, boys, before we jump into the podcast, let's do our thing. Let's thank our sponsor, Humble Fightwear. Humble Fightwear is an Australian jiu-jitsu brand that celebrates one of the most important parts of martial arts, becoming humble snags. That's right. Just as humble as the time that snags put his fourth and, well, who knows, fifth stripe on his white belt as a jiu-jitsu practitioner. Uh, absolute superstar of the white belt game, may I add you, as you can see how humble I am. But uh, look, the quality gear that the crew at Humble pulls out is uh, next to none, similar to my Anaconda choke as well, boys. High level, always. And I really kind of envision that uh, humble thing when I come out and I tell you about my 
sporting tragedies from my past, Tony, but you can see more humble stuff out there if you head to their Instagram page. Give them a follow or head to www.humblefightwear.com.au and help them spread good vibes one purchase at a time. And for being amazing runner back listeners, the champions at Humble Fightwear are giving you 15% off your entire order. Snags, how do they get that? Look, as usual, every fortnight, hit that code word up in the checkout, RIB15, that's RIB15. Tell them the boys sent you, baby. Beautiful boys. Let's jump into the podcast with a little bit of fun. A new segment from Snags, which I'm a little bit scared about because as the producer of the podcast, I usually know what's going on. I do not know what's going on. So, uh, New segment, new intro music. Let's go. Hit the boys with it. Yeah. Hit it, hit it, you hit, it, one, hit it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Oh. Ow, ow, oh. ow, show them girl, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. boom. It's very snag light, isn't it? Very, very snag like. And uh, boys, I feel like you've that's... sung this in my ear. Like, I have. I, I produced it to you on the podcast one week. Uh, and boys, the reason for the snag like music is because this week's game show is called. What would snags do? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and the boys have got some options and some scenarios that I'm going to run you through. And the boys have got to guess what snags would do in those scenarios. So I've got three for you this week. If anyone actually gets one right, I will be forever in your debt. Forever in your debt. But uh, we're going to get going, boys. Okay, so the, the game's pretty simple. Snags is going to give you a scenario. It involves all the boys every single time, 90% of them. Every single time, 70% of the time. And uh, you just got to <laughs> say, what would Snags do in that scenario? Okay, and you boys know me well enough that you should be able to get this right every single time. Now, who would who would like to start us off? Like, who would like to be first cab off the rank? You're going to get a go at the same thing, but... Yeah. I'll go. Yeah, Statman. Oh, Statman? Okay. First question on what would Snags do? Great title for the show, by the way. Thought of it myself. <laughs> okay, boys, vision this. You got $10 left in your Ned's account. You have to deliver for the boys or they will not allow you to ever back the punters club. What would the president of the punters, bracket snags, do? Did you say it was a, um, a, a multiple choice or it's just a... No, hey, it's a good guess. <laughs> uh, you'd, 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 find, you'd find a $4 long odd and chuck it on there. $4 long odd? Oh, yeah, thanks for your feedback. Dio, we'll go to you. Uh, you definitely go to the small bat. Uh, yeah, good table tennis. Yeah, I reckon you'd go to the small bat and you'd put on a twelve-leg small bat multi. I hope that does that first <laughs> play. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all Stone. Romans all the way down. All Romans. <laughs> Roman Igor Ogleg. Uh, Stony, what do you think Snags would do? President Snags. Jeez. Uh, I think a little bit of all of the above. I think you go into small bat, you put on a couple of multi-try scorers in the NRL. I think you go into the Euros. I think you go to the NBA. Uh, a little bit of curling. Yeah, fuck <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's I'm something actually, mon- absolutely monstrous that has no chance of getting up. I've never actually bet on curling. Now, boys, I've gone actually pretty specific with this one, to be mm-hmm. honest. So uh, I've said snags would. Back Italy to beat Switzerland 3-0. Don't know where that come from. Into them raising the cup. Into South's 13 plus plus AJ to score a double. Don't know if we've ever talked about that on the potty before. Uh, paying 74 37 boys right home in the sunset, laughing at anyone that would have taken Spain in the round that Italy got 3 0 up. Don't know who would have done that, boys, but that's what Snags would do in that scenario, okay? What's he referring to? 
I don't know. What a sham of a fucking segment here. <laughs> but, mate, boy, it's delivered. Okay, second one. We're rolling in. You walk into Macca's. Limited menu. It's midnight. Midnight rush has come. The boys are waiting in the car. If you're ordering for the boys, what would Snags do? Limited menu. What's that mean? Get a family box. Family <laughs> box from Macca's at KFC? No, they've got the they've got it's like four cheeseburgers. Obviously, it's the wrong answer, but no, whatever. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Deal. Fillet officials for the boys all around. Doubles, double fillets. Doubles, double fillets. Tony, uh, what time in the evening is it? Uh, well, mate, if you paid attention to the segment, it's twelve p.m. Mate, midnight. I started tuning out from <laughs> twelve a.m. Twelve a.m. is midnight, isn't it? All right. So the boys' high expectations. I assume we had a few few brews, so we're thinking fucking bringing home snags. Uh, like always, you would under-deliver. I reckon you get a pack, a pack of cookies. <laughs> oh, limited. Limited menu, too. Boys, ZL's hit the nail on head. I've got double fillets double and uh, fillets. four packs of 24 nugs for the boys. Yes. So, ZL actually gets a point there. Look out. Thanks. Okay, last one. Uh, the boys have finished a live podcast at an MMA event. As they're packing up the car in the car park, a man with a tap-out shirt approaches, setting the scene. Says he wants to throw down and he will take all the boys right here, right now, because their content is so high value and consistent, it annoys him. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> What would Snags do? <laughs> Stab in. You'd immediately, uh, and with great confidence, fall to your back and start butt scooting straight at him. That's a good, good answer. Uh, DL, what, what do you think Snags would do? seen you choke someone out the front of a pub so probably you'd <laughs> grab the neck and until they're unconscious so, yeah, it, was maybe. Bre- it was a brewery but thanks for your feedback uh stoney a little bit of what uh dl down that line i think you wouldn't be there you'd suddenly disappear and then me craig and, and dl be looking at each other thinking what the fuck is going on and then all of a sudden you just appear from behind um taking a, a cheap shot but you know getting the boys off the hook so <laughs> Yeah, finally coming through. Do you know what? Stoney was the closest to getting that before he added in that I would reappear. (laughs) Just disappear. (laughs) No, close, close. So I've written, uh, randomly a bit of audio would appear from the car, repeating Stoney's quotes on the podcast saying he would smash Snags in a grappling match. Snags would step aside, giving Stoney the stage to stand on a showcase his skills in front of the boys. (laughs) Winner takes the tap out shirt, he yells out. Stoney goes home shirtless, snags, ends up recovering for the boys and taps, tap out shirt out. <laughs> the end. Came so close. <laughs> There's a reason why he runs these segments past me before they get onto the podcast. That's like a ripper segment. That's a ripper segment. Do you want to do like a like a redo where we're like, hey, we know snags. Like I think the I think the listeners will love it this week. We'll take some feedback on it during the week. <laughs> That's fine. Please. I could nearly write a romantic novel about us. Yeah, the back I mean, of that. it got it started devolving into like maybe a I should write a book dream. and read read a like read a paragraph each each fortnight. Yeah. Yeah. DL, suddenly this or that's not looking too bad. Yeah, this. <laughs> I'm thinking about digging a backup. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping it Look, in, boys. Give it a run. Segment. Let me know what listeners. Let me know what you think Snags would have done. But I thought it was a great segment. Yeah, boys. <laughs> Let's straighten up a bit with a little bit of hot take. 
Islam Makachev was dominant within four rounds on UFC Vegas 31, nearly grabbing a finish in all of the three previous rounds. Is the division running or are they generally sticking to the current rankings in the lightweight? Note, Islam was ranked nine, Tiago was 14. Uh, I don't know if the division's running. I don't think they would be, to be honest, but I think the the fights are falling the way they are and we should see him climb the rest of the ladder pretty quickly. But uh, no, I would say they're not running. Uh, it's just, yeah, fights are falling the way they are. Don't know if you'd call it running, DL, but if you've got a killer on the way up and he's ranked very little, it does very little for someone who's, say, in the top five or just borderline top five to fight someone who, as you mentioned, he's now now ninth, so he's working his way up and he obviously will, will escalate higher. I can see why fighters don't take that risk because mm. there's a whole lot to lose and not a hell of a lot to gain if you get a win over, say, the, the 12th ranked fighter on the roster. Uh, so call it running if you want. I think there's a little bit of that at play. Yeah, Stoney's hit the nail on the head. It's um, it's it's not worth the risk uh, for the fighters higher up the ladder. It's a little bit of a shit um, response because obviously he's not underrated, he's underranked. Uh, and it's because he can't get a fight. Everyone wants to fight higher up the ladder. That's how people move up the ladder. Um, in reality, the UFC should have been a bit more strict and said, no, listen, number five, you're facing number nine. Let's go. We want to get Islam Makachev up the ladder. Or expose him and send him back down. But I think he'll be champion before too long. Let's go to the listeners. 80% said running. 20% said rankings. I don't know. I don't know how many fighters in that top 10 are really declining to fight Islam Markachev. There's little upside, though. As he gets more exposure, I think the upside, it, it comes. But, yeah, unless he's got a, unless he brings a, a lot of viewers and a, a lot of prestige to the table, what, what's the point of fighting someone who's, you know, not ranked, not only not above you, but not even remotely close behind you? So it makes sense. I don't think running DL is the right word, but they're playing it strategically. Misha Tate got the win in her return and stated she's not here just to fight, she's here for a belt. How did we see Misha 2.0 faring in a stacked women's bantamweight division? Uh, look, I loved it. I loved to see her back. The, the boys' chat was going wild when she got up. I think she's just a – one, she's a cool chick for one and uh, I think her comeback has been for the right reasons. And look, I hope she takes the division by storm. I'd be very, very nervous in that Nunes fight if she ever got there just because she would probably murder anyone on the planet at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, mate, props to Misha. I thought she her outing was absolutely excellent, and I'm glad she got the finish, not the decision. Yeah, look, well, Nunez wouldn't murder me, DL. Uh, that's for <laughs> sure. Now, I think uh, Misha Tate fights the winner of Aspen and Macy, which obviously we'll do the prediction for uh, later in this card. I then think she's probably still one fight away, so I, I see the Holly Home fight getting run back at some point. Now, Misha looked phenomenal. Loved the fact her stand-up looks a lot more crisp. That was obviously the glaring error in her arsenal before she uh, walked away. So good to see she's worked on her, her deficiencies. But, yeah, I think the Holly Holm fight, that, that will tell all for me. So if she gets through and they have that rematch, if she can manage to get through Holly again, because I think all the stars aligned for her to beat Holly and that sub presented itself, if she can get through Holly Holm again, then bring it on. But other than that, I'm very, yeah, echoing sugar snags. I'd be nervous to see her step in there with Amanda Nunes. As good as her striking looked, it would still be very, subpar compared to Amanda. The UFC women's bantamweight division is very, very interesting in that uh, obviously champion and one through five are a killer's run, but six through 15, there's a lot of, a lot of room for uh, improvement in that division. Ma uh, Marianne Renault, for instance, is ranked number 12 and didn't have anything for Misha Tate. I would see Misha Tate 
comfortably competing against anyone 6 through 15 and very uncomfortably against anyone any higher than that. Let's go, listeners. I think the Amanda Nunes factor plays on a lot of people's mind with this poll because it, it, it went 90-10. Mm. So, and that's the thing. You can't unsee the fact that that fight has happened before and, mm. and granted whether she was motivated or, or whatever, you can't unsee the damage from that Nunes fight and that sticks with people, DL, so there's good reason. Part of the local section of our hot take as we had podcast favourite Chelsea Hackett appear on the premiere of Survivor, Australian Survivor this week, which is in the Australian Outback. The premiere was on Sunday night, which was really good. Uh, Chelsea is on Team Braun. Good first show, actually. It was good. Now, I've got a question for the boys. If the RIB boys were part of a podcast Survivor series, who would be first you'd vote off and who would be your tip to win? Snags. Ooh. I would vote off. It's going to be surprising to everyone and listeners. <laughs> I would vote off Statman. Oh wow, controversial! Yeah, because yep. he's got that old like you know smart tactical play. Everyone likes him. Oh, don't oh, poor Statman. Don't vote him <laughs> off. Boom, you're gone. See you later. <laughs> um, and then I think if anyone could win, other than myself, I won't pick myself like usual. Um, look, I'm going to say it, and I I hate myself saying. It. I think Stony might be the winner. Purely because of his backstabbing skill. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he would pretend to be everyone's friends and then as soon as you go to get a coconut from the trees in the woods, <laughs> fucking let's vote him out. Why? He's a dog. And uh, that's how it would go down. Look, 100%, he's read me like a book. I would back- backstab anyone. <laughs> if you're not willing, if famous man once said this, if you're not willing to go too far, you will never go far enough, DL. And I'm willing to go very far. And I wouldn't even need to drum this up. We would just vote Snags off because he would annoy the fuck out of us if he was there for any more than two days. So Snags is, Snags is gone. Uh, my, my pick to win is actually DL because I think I think he'd fly under the radar and he's mm. very calculated, he's methodical, mm. he reads the play well. And mm. I think everyone would think, you know, Stoney or Statman and DL would just, you know, cruise through and finish it off. Cheers. Can't, can't vote me off when I win the immunity all every week, boys. <laughs> Can you? No, exactly. I'm going to switch it on its head. I'm going to say uh, who I think will win first up, I think Stoney. I think Stoney blends physical skills because we know that he's a champ at the jiu-jitsu. Um, and also I think that he's got the tactical and the social skills necessary to be able to form alliances. Um, as for who I would vote off first, I would vote myself off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, a, a fuck, six weeks out in the outback, Sounds like fucking hell. <laughs> if I if I go camping, it's three stars are up. Like I like I'm not a tent. Fuck, are you serious? I collect firewood. There is no tents, mate. You're on survival. Imagine your worst survival would be six weeks in the outback and you could only eat spicy food. Oh no, no that would be, be terrible. I, 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 no snit, no snitties, no steak. Like, I would oh, give shit. you the immunity roll every week so I could see you pain. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, no, I like Craig. I'm like, just send me home. Just send me home, please. Vote me off. Dio, what about you? Uh, I would probably vote off Snags first, unfortunately, <laughs> because I know he would shit me. <laughs> like, I've tried to vote him off before, just for not even a survivor reason, but <laughs> keep coming back. <laughs> my, my, tip would, my tip would be Stoney as well. He's very competitive, so I know if after a bit he'd be uh, he'd be all guns a-blazing. Maybe we should do a week-long week, week long 
Everyone take annual leave and we'll do a ROB week survivor. <laughs> I'm not taking annual leave to do a survivor. Just wait till the state shut down. You won't be working anyway, mate. <laughs> That's true. That's fucking true. Right. Right. Uh, let's see what the listeners had to say. They actually went opposite to the boys, so they actually were voting off Stony first and said Snags was going to win. <laughs> oh, yeah, boys. <laughs> Listeners know where it's at. Two votes from Bacchus Marsh. <laughs> no, that's all that is. You only need two. So, boys, another fun one just to finish off. The return of Misha Tate has sparked a debate about athletes returning to the top level of their sport. What retired athlete could you take from their current sport? Because we're doing a little bit of a flip here and place them in a whole new sport and do well. Oh, snags. Jesus, I should have read the run sheet. You probably should have. Can you come back to me? Yep. Thanks. Feels like repeat from last episode. <laughs> snags needs a little bit more time. Stony. Deal, I read the run sheet. I'm, I was hoping that snags draw it out a little bit longer. Um, Statman, did Statman. you read the, the rundown? Yeah, yeah, okay. I've got one. Uh, George St. Pierre in boxing. Uh, it's oh, been his cool. dream. <laughs> that's not a fucking comeback. Everyone's crossing over these days. Man didn't read the And he's writing out his UFC contract so he can box. The Dana White and the UFC have held off from allowing him to to uh, cross over and do boxing. The man just wants to box. Let him go. Oh, I've got an easy one if we're going that kind of route. I thought we are going polar opposite sports. I would take Michael Clem, no, Michael Phelps, uh, and I would put him just in like an open water race or something like that. Put him in the 200, he really. Fucking easy, you fucking go MMA to boxing, Jesus Christ. Michael Phelps in an open water. Get the fucking run sheet next time. 400 snags, metre Jesus race, Christ. snags, get the bickies, we're bloody done. Oh my God. This is. <laughs> This is not the way I planned. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> man's ruined the entire segment. <laughs> I had an answer at least. Oh, shit. You got one. You got one, Stoney? Uh, yeah. Wait, I've got another one before. Andrew Johnson will put him in rugby union. How about that? <laughs> man's 46 years old. He would still carve up. He's the goat. You got one, Stoney. Mate, I reckon Francis Nagano would translate pretty well as a blocker in the NFL. <laughs> oh, see, that's what I was after. He's not retired. <laughs> Oh, he's not either. <laughs> I got so excited that someone was actually doing it properly that I forgot the criteria of being Daniel retired. Cormier would do pretty well at NFL. DC would still block he really would, well. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah. New, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, man. New Orleans. Yep. yep. Louisiana boy. That'd be all right. Fine. That was a good, good one. Oh, I'm my last one would be, I reckon Brock Lesnar would be a great defensive lineman as well. Oh, no, he just, well, he already was. He, he was. Yeah, I know. That <laughs> was the joke, Stoney. <laughs> I just don't know with snakes. <laughs> I thought he was going to say he would be really good in WWE. Yeah. Oh, that as well. He's still in there, isn't he? That was a good one. I enjoyed that one. All right, let's jump into our next segment, boys. This week on NEDS, NEDS has become the official betting partner of the UFC in Australia, and we've teamed up with the legends at NEDS to bring you some ROB content every single week. Boys, I know we want to touch on a little bit of last week's. So, Statman, where are we heading today? So we, we've done two blog posts now, and they've been posted on the NEDS site, um, and They've also been posted on their Facebook and there's been one or two comments that kind of caught my attention. Ben B uh, on our first 
post about uh, most enjoyable MMA trilogies of all time. Ben B chucked out the, the Velasquez and Dos Santos trilogy deserved a mention. Um, it didn't. It just it just straight up didn't. The first fight was a 64-second knockout from Junior Dos Santos. The next nine rounds of that fight, the of the two trilogies, was just Cain Velasquez giving Junior Dos Santos CTE. Um, and it was difficult to watch. It was a, all three fights were blowouts. And by the third fight, which came, I think it was about three or four months after the, the second fight, no one was hyped for it. It was probably one of the... The, the, those moments where the UFC rushed to do a trilogy fight that could have had years of build-up to the third consequential meeting but didn't have it. Uh, there was also a shout-out in there for uh, Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard, which is one of my absolute favourite trilogies as far as a skill set goes, but they it wasn't necessarily as an impactful a trilogy uh, as the other five on the list. And, and a lot of the ones on the list that we went for were about that impact the, the, the holding power that those fights had on shaping the UFC as a company. And Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard 2 and 3 were both sensational, potentially fight of the year candidates, but they did not shape the UFC in the way that the other five did. Last week's one was the top five unranked Dagestani fighters in the UFC. And there was just one comment that kind of caught my eye from Aaron P. Uh, and he said, I hope they're not all as boring as... Khabib, uh, he used a, a very, very funny replacement word for Khabib. It's a kebab. Ha <laughs> ha, very funny. Um, but obviously, if you, if you look at Khabib as a fighter and you think that he is boring, he's just not boring. Uh, and he rightfully got called out in the comments um, and, and hopefully just doesn't read anything else Upcoming, that'd be awesome. I thought we were doing tool. I thought we were doing tool of the week later in this podcast. That man's nomination for tool of the week. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on your toes. I'm sorry, Stony. I got about halfway through. I was like, I'm stepping on his toes. Um, Remember when Statman took over breaking news? Yeah, just mate. You just tackle your own segments. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But this week, following on from the return of Misha Tate at UFC Vegas 31, and and any anticipation of the long-awaited comeback of former Bantamweight champ TJ Dillashaw. This coming weekend, we take a moment to look at the top five most iconic octagon returns in UFC history. Spot on, Statman, number five. Now, what would it even be a top five without Ken Shamrock? Uh, I think not, DL. I haven't tried to get him in the top five Dagestani prospects, but Statman was not having a bar of it. Boys, we, we go all the way back to 2002. Now, context is everything here, DL. Uh, the Fatita brothers had just brought the UFC. It looked like an absolute shambles of a deal. They were doing terrible numbers. They needed someone to bring it back. Now, Kenny Shamrock had four years in the WWE. He came back 2002. We've been through it many times before. Tito Ortiz rivalry did 150,000 pay-per-views, which sounds small in today's market. It was quadruple the previous three cards at the time. Uh, single-handedly turned the momentum of the entire company, and that's why Ken Shamrock's return at UFC 40 comes in at number five, Statman. Number four for us is Ronda Rousey. And again, this is another one of those items where we talk about the significance of the fight and then the significance of the return. And I don't think it could be understated how significant a figure in MMA, specifically women's MMA, but MMA in general, Ronda Rousey was. Uh, one of the fighters on the card that we're picking a fight for latest night, Marina Maverick, specifically states watching a Ronda Rousey fight in 2016 as the reason she got into the sport. Now she's a top-ranked flyweight fighter. So Ronda Rousey is a big deal. 
and she took a hit to the confidence at UFC 193 in Melbourne. Um, I was there live, Stoney, were you there? 100%, absolutely was there. Um, and I was also a- there, just by the way. <laughs> oh, DL, sorry, yes. Yeah. Also don't there. worry about Snacks? me. I've been, to, I've been to USC events as well, just to let you know, Stat Man. Not just Stoney. <laughs> So, Stoney, you remember the feeling of the electricity in the arena. Um, and the shocking half-second hush when she got kicked in the head by Holly Holm. And then the explosion of noise. There was wails, but there was so many cheers. She was quite a polarizing figure. And she kind of disappeared. It's often impressive to see how a fighter handles that defeat. And Ronda Rousey, by her own admission, did not handle it very well. And she came back, UFC 207, against the new champion, Amanda Nunes, uh, who we now know an unstoppable force. And the hype behind it was huge. There was also the the return of Dominic Cruz against Cody Garbrandt that night as well. And it didn't last very long. It lasted just over a minute, or just shy of a minute, I believe, um, when Amanda Nunes showed the world why she is the most dominant pound-for-pound women's fighter. And Ronda Rousey has not been seen again, not in a UFC cage, at the very least, definitely made her way to WWE, um, but hasn't been seen in the UFC since. Yeah, good one, Statman. 1.1 million pay-per-views as well, that one. So huge numbers for uh, a card headlined by uh, the, the women's division. Uh, at number three, we go all the way back, DL, to UFC 217. So following uh, nine straight welterweight title defences, GSP decided to hang up the gloves uh, after UFC 167. Uh, I thought it was a good decision. I thought the division was catching him. Uh, I didn't know how long the reign would last. So when he hung it up, it came as no surprise. I thought the time was, was, was due. Uh, many argued that at 25 and 2, he was the greatest of all time, uh, but he decided to put that entire legacy on the line when he made the, the highly anticipated return upper weight division to fight Michael Bisping at UFC 217. His return set the Canadian pay per view record, surpassing the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor boxing match from just two months earlier. Uh, obviously, GSP went on to defeat Bisping in that fight to become the middleweight champion uh, of the world, only the fourth person in history to become the champion of, in multiple divisions, cementing his name in the GOAT discussion for basically from now until the, the end of time, DL. GSP does not go anywhere. And that was a massive deal. So, UFC 217 comes in at number three, Statman. I believe UFC 217 had three title fights as well, and that was a that was a huge event. UFC 200 was an event that was meant to have three title fights on it as well until Mr. John Jones decided to ruin everything there. But number two on our list is Mr. Brock Lesnar, who fought on UFC 200 uh, after establishing himself as an international star in the WWE, probably one of the most hotly anticipated debuts in the UFC was when he transferred over um, and dominated Heath Herring and then lost to Frank Mir, but eventually battled his way back up to become the dominant force in the heavyweight division. Health concerns kind of rattled the later half of his pro career. Uh, Diverticulitis and and, uh, Cain Velasquez and Alistair Overeem saw to that, and he ended up retiring in 2011, returned to the UFC, uh, returned to the WWE, and kind of made sporadic appearances here and there in 2016 just as the UFC fans were preparing for the main event Rockhold v Bisping at UFC 199 they were hit with a surprise video package I'm back Brock Lesnar on it unless they were following Ariel Holwani's Twitter feed about half an hour earlier which ended up getting Ariel Holwani blacklisted from the (laughs) UFC fans around the world exploded 
and Lesnar made his UFC debut less than a month later against Mark Hunt. The joy would be short-lived, of course, where despite getting his hand raised in the cage on the night, uh, less than a month later, he would end up testing positive for a post-match banned substance, which is not necessarily a surprise considering he was competing in the WWE not too long before his return. He was ended up fined $250,000, suspended for a year and souring one of the best returns of all time. And who would have thought after a USADA exemption a month out from the event, you know, where the writing wasn't on the wall for that one at all, was it, Statman? No, they, they, they definitely claimed that there was definitely no special, <laughs> no, no, nothing special given for Brock Lesnar. And then shock horror, he tested positive for something at the end of it. Just quickly, Ariel Hawani, you told that story just this weekend. It's the first time I heard it. Uh, the Dana White pulled him out the back and said, basically, well, we've put a bullet in your head. Your career's done. And he said, you know, that's a weird analogy, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, Dana living his uh, Boston gangster <laughs> Good times. Which leads us to the number one overall most anticipated comeback, DL. Now, we talked about Ronda Rousey being a polarising figure. Has there been a more polarising figure than the notorious Conor McGregor? Now, obviously, he got champ champ status at 205, uh, took off Fort Floyd Mayweather, took $100 million, uh, in his purse after the pay-per-view cuts. Everyone thought... Are we going to see this man back? Probably not, because once you earn that sort of money, you don't ever come back. Now, those questions were answered a few years later when he, it was announced that McGregor was coming back. So Khabib had a little run-in with one of McGregor's training partners and good friends, Artem Lobov. You know, we all know the story next. McGregor flew to, to New York with his pals, busted up a few buses, uh, got arrested, got released, yada, yada. They set up the fight, one of the most heated lead-ins of all time to that UFC 229. Uh, needless to say, the fight probably didn't live up to what we all hoped for, Khabib. Uh, thoroughly dominated with the exception of a couple of moments here or there for Connor. Uh, but the rivalry was, was something that we have never seen, uh, both in the lead-in and then the aftermath. And that uh, probably explains why it was a $2.4 million uh, sales in the pay-per-view DL, something that's just unfathomable when you look at the other uh, top 10 and how many they've drawn in, in the pay-per-views, setting a UFC record that, look, let's face it, may never be broken, boys. Uh, so like him or hate him, no one draws a crowd like Connor McGregor, and that's why... His return at UFC 229 DL goes down as the number one most iconic octagon returns of all time. Nice, boys. Love it. Let's head into a leaderboard up. UFC 263 with the Notorious rounded out the championship, the mid-year championship. Now, boys, I'm going to run you through it quickly because we know how it ended. Uh, I finished on 31 for, for the half-year championship. Snags, who led most of the year. I didn't lead most of the year. Oh, I led, led for the last couple of chunk, weeks. Good, no, a good chunk of it, mate. Probably like three months, maybe. He's just feathering his nest nicely. Absolutely. Uh, biggest choke, biggest blunder in the history of the sport deal. So, wow. <laughs> pretty sure the biggest blunder was when I told you to pick Italy and you picked Spain. But anyway, <laughs> proceed. Uh, he finished on 35, one short of tying with the boys. Statman and Stoney finished at 36. Now, controversial. And I'm sure that one of these two are going to have a have a conversation about it. Stony retains the belt, so there's no draws when you've already got a belt. So uh, retains the belt. Before we jump into Stony's little uh, walkout song or championship song, as we call it, I need to hear from the boys. I'm happy to go first. Snags, go for it. Take it. Look, I don't want to make this about me, and I'm not for the first time in this podcast history. But Snags is going to propose something because the listeners want it, and no one likes the ending of the draw. Okay, so boys, what I propose is that we pick this week as we normally do. 
Snags and DL, this, we don't get any points towards the uh, end of year leaderboard, mate, just the new one. Um, but I think it's got to be a contest between Statman and Stoney this week for an outright leader. So I would I would partake to the boys that we pick as usual. Points go to the new leaderboard, but whoever gets the most points this week out of Statman and Stoney takes the W. That's look, that is fair and modest from not not even putting myself in the picture, even though I'm one behind. But I can't stand the draw win. Well, it's not because he has the belt. Yeah, but that's just. <laughs> So when, when Woodley beat, you know, and Wonderboy drew, did you like fucking protest the UFC and say, you know, let, let's, um, you know, let, let another fight next week dictate whether Tyrone Woodley has to hand the belt over or not? That's just ridiculous. But nah, being about the boys, about the listeners, like, uh, look, I am willing to entertain something, DL. Something. Something. Right. But not that. Look, I think we, this is really tough because it gives away the main. It does. Let's just do the main event, uh, Statman, because I think we're going to go opposite yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm more than happy. It's all oh, more than happy. Oh, Don't okay. Jesus. Oh, I like it. Fucking, um, that was good negotiation by your snacks. Yeah, yeah. For, I'll jump for, in as well. For my point, Stoney, you just have to be glad that McGregor has been skipping his milk uh, and his leg snapped <laughs> at the end of the first round because he was getting finished in the second round. He was getting finished in the second round. It was going to happen. I was very, very confident going into that second round that he was not making it to a third and I would have picked up the bonus point and I would have won everyone. I would love to see what the live odds were for a second round finish as that round progressed. It would have been, it would have been like $1.15. Coulda, woulda, enough. shoulda. Cry me a river, Statman. No, we're running it back. We'll do it the main event for this one. Winner takes all. This belt means very little to me, DL, because I just seem to win it every season there is. So if I have to share it around, I have to share it around. It's it only been two seasons. <laughs> It would be an honour to actually see Statman because I've long said this, and this this is very unstony-like, very uncharacteristic. I'm not talking shit about the Statman. He is by far the most knowledgeable person on this podcast. The fact he hasn't held a belt is an absolute stain on this whole competition. So if it means we've got to run it back in the main event of the upcoming card, I'm willing to do that, DL. Put it all on the line. But rest assured, boys, if Stony gets up, there's no questions. Undefeated, undisputed. I want you to announce me in future as undefeated and undisputed to hell. That, that's the only little disclaimer I put on it. I defend this week, undefeated, undisputed if I get up. I'm really nervous that we're going to end up picking the same fighter. <laughs> undefeated, I'm- undisputed of multiple seasons, as Stoney has proclaimed. We're into the second one. <laughs> <laughs> several times, runner back, leaderboard champion. Several times. Oh, I'm lucky that played it. I'm, I'm glad that I put my uh, nose in it. I oh, love it. Love it. Stoney didn't bring his belt in either tonight to the studio. That's because it's so, not finished. He knew it wasn't uh, finished. I, I think that Just was means so, so little to me. I forget about it, DL. <laughs> It was part of it. That was part of it. Uh, Statman, I know we didn't go through results there, but just for the listeners, uh, they might want to know which way it fell. Can you run us through our winners from that card? Yeah, absolutely. So we picked five, the five main card fights uh, for UFC 264. Sean O'Malley defeated Chris Mutino by TKO in the third round. Irene Aldana defeated Yana Kunitskaya by TKO in the first round. Tai Tuivasa defeated Greg Hardy by KO in the first round. Gilbert Burns defeated Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the welterweight division by unanimous decision. And Dustin Poirier defeated Conor McGregor by TKO in the first round. Boys are all on zero. Let's go. UFC Vegas. Statman, where are we heading? So we've got a women's flyweight bout to kick us off. We have Miranda Maverick versus Macy Barber.
So Macy Barber is near and dear to at least one of the podcast members. Macy Barber was listed on the RIB 2019 Year in Review podcast as DL's Breakout Fighter of the Year. Oh, the uh, didn't the go so well. Hope and, fr- and, pr- and the hope and feeling that in the year 2020 Macy Barber would break out. Since that time, she's gone zero and two. In all fairness, in the same length of time, my Breakout Fighter of the Year, Edmund Shabazian, has also gone. Owen too. <laughs> Who was mine? Uh, you and Stoney both went with Alexander Volkanovsky because I think you oh, hey, thought it was Stoney. a different. Look at that. He's fought once since then, but it's yeah, still the champ, mate. So we're we drawn, or is this, is this like unanimous acknowledgement that I'm the champ and I'm going first? So I'm a little oh, confused here. I'll go first. <laughs> no, you can I go first, that, Stoney. That man's graciously given you the uh, tea. He's trying to trick him. Oh, with good right. Uh, Macy Barber, yeah, what a letdown deal. I was a bit on. I was with you. I thought she was going to go on and do big things. Uh, I, I know I claim that she ran into my girl Roxanne. I honestly didn't think she was actually going to win that, oh, uh, that lose that fight. Uh, and then who was it, Grasso? I think in the last one. So yeah. Yeah, a couple she hasn't. Yeah, just hasn't lived up to the hype. Maybe this is the one that she bounced back. Maybe you were you were premature, Dio. Maybe you were just a little one bit one year off. One year off. Maybe mm. this is the year that we see Macy Barber bounce back. But I am tipping that she doesn't. I'm on the Maverick for this mm. one. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Macy Barber. I I genuinely do think that she had some knee or leg injuries in the Roxanne Modafferi fight, but Roxanne Modafferi was just taking it to her. Um, she had a really, really good late round showing against, uh, like a third round showing against Alex uh, Grasso, but it wasn't enough, and it was a pretty clear two to one victory for Grasso. Uh, Miranda Maverick has good, solid victories in Invicta in the UFC. Um, I like her. I, I think I think she takes this one, and I don't think it's necessarily too competitive. Um, Barber maybe should maybe step back from the UFC, or at the very least, fight down um, and return another day. Okay, that was pretty harsh. Look, boys, uh, I really love Miranda Maverick. Um, really love her. Great fighter. Uh, love her to death. I think the last <laughs> couple fights, she's been great. I'm taking Macy Barber. Um, yeah, get around it. Look, I think uh, even though she's had two, she's on two fights skid, um, I know that Maverick's just, well, she's had two F, two UFC fights, right, come up from Invicta. Yep. Uh, so, mate, I think the future's going to bounce back and uh, Snag's going to back her in, even though mate, I really love uh, Maverick. I think she's a great fighter, as that man would say, but I'm taking Macy Barber. Okay, cool. It's, I really thought Snags was going to go the other way with that one. Miranda Maverick is an absolute beast. I, I think it's when my problem is when I like a fighter, I, I stick to him pretty solidly. Going to stick with Macy Barber on this one. I think she's really toned herself down with those two losses. I think she's still pretty keen to, to be the future of this division as well. Uh, and it's got to start somewhere, so might as well start with a, uh, an up-and-coming superstar in uh, Miranda Maverick. Yeah, nice one. Can I just say how I love how casual Statman just drops in. You know, I think she probably should reassess her career choice and maybe <laughs> take up another occupation. Like brutal. No, I, no, brutal. I, I said I said I said drop back down to maybe the regional circuit. She's twenty three. Regional. She's got, what an insult. She's got she's got time she's to like build telling back up. But Bradley Beal to drop down sh- to the D League. <laughs> UFC is a Shark Tank for a twenty three year old who still needs to to perfect her skills. She's got she's got potential. She's got she's got a lo- she's got a large future. She could be fighting for another ten years. This, this is how you usually pick who you're going to. But oh, maybe she's got she great spend potential. five she's of that amongst the regionals. This is like Craig still uh, he's still dropped down in the basketball league. He's still waiting to come back up. <laughs> mate, no one's called. It's it's J League, mate. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah, funny. All right, where we heading next, up, man? Featherweight bout between Darren Elkins and Derek Minner. 
Derek Minna is incredible on the ground, but he lives by the sword, dies by the sword. He's got 85% of his wins coming by sub and 73% of his losses coming by sub. By comparison, Elkins has won 20% of his fights by sub and only been submitted in 11% of his losses. Stony. God, I wish I heard that stat before I did my picks. Yeah, no, very, very <laughs> good stats there, uh, Statman. Uh, got us not really a stat, but just an observation, DL. Derek Minner, we couldn't even get a colour photo in the rundown. What's with that? <laughs> <laughs> I got I that off the, the same thing. I, I got that off the UFC website. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about the all-time backhand. <laughs> DL's put together this fucking brilliant-looking. You could put it. You could laminate this thing, and he's the only fight I've ever <laughs> seen in a black and white photo. Mate. Ultimate disrespect. On that basis alone, <laughs> I'm on Derek Minner. Like, come on, let's get this man a colour photo for fuck's sake. <laughs> he's going in with a chip on his shoulder about his photo. <laughs> It's worse when they do the silhouette photo. Just fancy yeah. those ones. Yeah, it's, it's, the, just, it's, it's not the fighter. Yeah, it's from, the silhouette. It's the custom created from the UFC one game. It's just like a shadow man. <laughs> um, I, I'm actually taking Derek Minnett as well. Darren Elkins is a, is a fighter of a bygone age. He's he's scrappy as shit. So we're actually going to get to see what Minna brings to the table because when you fight Darren Elkins, you know you have been in a fight. Um but I just don't think he has the skills to back it up. Mina is fantastic on the ground, and I don't think that his double-edged sword of being relatively easy to submit is going to come into play too much with Elkins's limited ground game. Um, Elkins loves to swing. He loves to bang, and I think Mina will be able to capitalize that, get the fight to the ground, and secure the submission victory. Do you know what? I am actually uh, breaking one of my cardinal rules in terms of tipping here. I'm going to tip Derek Minna, and my cardinal rule is that I don't usually tip someone tip someone if they don't have a nickname. Uh, so this is a foreign territory for me, and I feel really nervous about it. Your but, picks uh, only make sense, mate. It makes so much sense. <laughs> Derek Minna for snags. Confused how he's got so many sub losses when he's got 22 sub wins, but anyway, must be fighting those body fighting those heel hooks together. Uh, no, no nickname Derek Minner for me. Yeah, I'm taking Minner as well. A uh, dollar sixty-two on Neds uh, versus Darren Elks, two dollars thirty. So uh, I'm going to take the the favourite in this one. Statman, how about? Do you reckon we give him a nickname, Derek? Who subs who Minner? I like it. Might take off. No longer a Minner. <laughs> I heard together one. So much better. Where's than he? Snags where's he from? He's, oh, he's, he's from the United States. He's not a the minor, Nebraskan <laughs> submission machine. That's his name now. Brilliant. Statman's just ripped out two brilliant names and you just ignored both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Why you searched for yours? I was looking at his stats, the Minotaurian, or maybe that one. It's a good one. Brilliant. (laughs) We're heading to the Bantamweight division. Uh, We've got Kyla Phillips versus Howleon Piva. Starting his career 3-0 and with three finishes, Phillips has gone on to have his last eight fights alternate between a KO and a decision. So he should be betting pretty hardcore on a finish in this one as his last one went to unanimous decision. Yeah, look, on a bit of a tear, four-fight four uh, win streak DL. Um, nine and one, he, he looks like he's a bit of a prospect on the rise. I don't know a lot about, uh, is it Piva? I know that Kai Carrot-France uh, touched him up at UFC 234. Uh, when I say touched him up, it was a fairly close fight, but that's the only the only time I've ever seen him. So uh, Kyler Phillips, for me, I just think he's got the momentum. Uh, let's ride that home. Uh, yeah. Look, easy, easy one. Oh, sorry, Statman. Go. It's all good. Uh, do you want to take it? 
Uh, not if you've got any commentary around it that yeah, will help me. I do, picks, I do, yeah. Because I haven't picked my pick yet. I do, I do have it. Um, Haley on Pivot, he is a he's an interesting fellow in that he's come up from the Brazilian regional scene. But what strikes me as concerning is that while he has a huge amount of wins on the Brazilian regional scene, the large majority of them have come by decision, both splits and unanimous. Um, my concern is that the Brazilian regional scene, while it does produce outstanding fighters, the large majority of the fighters in the regional scenes are kind of just there to build your record and build up that kind of record. If you aren't finishing them, if you're not uh, going that extra mile, and he, he got a contract based on a split decision win on the Dana White's Contender Series as well. Um, and he's had some personal tragedies since then as well, which is why I think the UFC has kept him around after two losses. Uh, his first two fights were were losses. Then he missed weight, and he's had weight cutting issues, which is why he's bumped back up to bantamweight. Um, I'm I just don't think that he's necessarily UFC material. His his oh, personal life is brutal tonight, devastating. Yeah, love it. Love it. Um, but I I think it's going to be really exposed here with Kyler Phillips, who is a genuine prospect in the bantamweight division. Um, and I'm very, very excited. He was on. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. He lost to the eventual winner. Um, I'm excited to see where Phillips goes in the Bantamweight division. That's why I'm taking him. Look, if I thought I was going to hear so many negative comments tonight, I would have given myself a leaf pass because you were ripping people Mate, to shreds. You said I was too positive to the losing fighters. So, <laughs> yeah. Howley and Piver, he's shit. So we're going to go with Kyle Phillips today. Is that what you want, Snags? Ditto so from want? Craig, ditto from Craig, and also because his nickname's The Matrix. Love that movie, Keanu Reeves, great movie. So, mate, put anyone, if I look anyone up on uh, Sherdog and they've got themselves as a pitcher in a white gear with a brown belt, Snags is drooling and sign me up. Kyle Phillips for Snags. Probably getting by. Oh, no, he won't get him by sub. Anyway, proceed. I'm going to stick with going by the odds for this one because he's the shortest one on the main card for Ned. So, Kyle Phillips for me as well. Boys, I think it's time. We haven't had it for a couple of episodes, but it's back. Stoney's. I was going to say favourite time every fortnight DL, but as you said, yep, <laughs> we haven't actually had it for a little bit. So we, we're going to make up for it. We've got got a couple of nominations this week, boys. So what we're going to do, we're going to run through them. I'm actually going to throw it over to the boys. We talked about Survivor before. I'm going to let the, bo- the boys vote which one actually gets the nomination. Oh, but uh, first cap off the rank. Now, you know you're always uh, in dangerous territory of someone not knowing what the fuck they're talking about when they're a film and music producer from Nollywood in Nigeria. Clearly, he just started following the sport after Francis... Uh, um, you know, knocked out Stipe. He- Francis from Cameroon. Sorry. <laughs> that, that, that stings. <laughs> Usman or Izzy, but not Francis, but that's fine. You're talking about Collywood, aren't you? <laughs> he said Nollywood. Anyway. <laughs> So Ruom TV, he claimed that Lewis, Derek Lewis lost to DC uh, and DC was beaten twice by, by John Jones. Therefore, John Jones will likely, uh, you know, the MMA maths has been proven time and time again uh, just to not work. Now, before I go too, too hard on him, because I just picture some little dweeb in a, in a recording studio DL, I, I actually want to throw, throw it out there. If at Ruom Studios wants to come on and actually if he can convince the stat man 
that his formula for predicting MMA maths for rematches checks out, then I'll, I'll retract this okay. nomination. So uh, if he's listening along and if we can tee it up, we want to get this this lad onto the, the podcast <laughs> to actually explain his formula. And Statman, you can be the judge uh, because for me, that's bananas. It's the worst take on MMA dynamics I've ever heard is people using MMA maths. He is adamant he's got a formula that predicts it to the T. So uh, that's nomination one for Tool of the Week. Uh, speaking of dweebs, uh, Liam... Barkus XX. So someone put up a, a bit of a, you know, funny meme. Not really funny. Uh, <laughs> Anderson Silva, you know, withering around on the, on, on the floor after he broke his, his shin. Uh, Chris Weidman, you know, crying in the octagon as, as nearly anyone would. And Conor McGregor doing an interview. And, and so Liam has then jumped in and said, Weidman, uh, Weidman and Silva snapped their shins in half. Conor broke his ankle. Still painful. Oh, cheers, Liam. Uh, but not even close to the pain that Chris and Anderson would have gone through. Now, I don't know. The fact that Connor stood back and actually stood on his shin halfway up the bone probably proves Liam wrong that he did, in fact, you know, snap his shin. Uh, so Liam uh, looks like a dweeb, sounds like a dweeb. He's uh, a nomination number two. <laughs> but nomination number three. Now I'm going to let Statman, you know, take a piece of this one. Uh, Technical Tim at Tim Z Timmy Z. That, that's his full handle. Wow. Uh, it, Initially, like, starts off, we'll get shit for this. Uh, you're damn right. Uh, but Garbrandt <laughs> reminds me of Aldo. Both are overrated fighters, you know, yada, yada, yada. So they're candidates to get outworked by even mediocre opponents. Now, clearly, like, Tim strikes me as someone who's only followed the sport, you know, post-2015 where we've seen, you know, Jose Aldo on the decline because the Jose Aldo that, that everyone who's ever watched him fight over the duration of his career uh, has the tools to completely shut down his opponents. He's one of the most phenomenal fighters of all time. We love Cody Garbrandt, but to compare Cody Garbrandt and Jose Aldo is borderline ridiculous. Statman, take it away. Yeah, that's ups- actually upsetting. Um, Cody Garbrandt, great fighter, great fight every now and again. He does a great fight. The Dominic Cruz fight, outstanding. We'll defend that fight till the cows come home. Jose Aldo is a once in a generation lower weight class fighter for the last for for 10 years of his career he was the best fighter under i'd say under 170 um you you scale him up i bj penn versus jose aldo would have been an absolute dream match around 2010 the career that he had the fighters the caliber of fighters that he beat who were in their prime when he was in their prime is just next to insane. If you judge every fighter by the tail end of their career, you're going to be very sad. Look at Anderson Silva's record at the end of his career. Any fighter is going to have a decline. A lot of fighters struggle to know when the time is up. Jose Aldo is is not on the same level as 99.9% of fighters who are already 99.9% of the population in terms of um, combat skills. That's a dumbass take. I hate yeah. it. It's inv- absolutely me. It's offensive. This man should be arrested. So, boys, uh, technical Tim. So, Tim Z, Timmy Z, uh, saying that Aldo's overrated and you know gets touched up by mediocre opponents. Uh, one of the greatest ever. So, pretty shit take. Uh, Who's mediocre? Max Holloway, Petey Yarn, Alexander Volkanovsky, Marlon Marais. Like, who? Who's medi- mediocre in the losses? That Jose Aldo has had. That's why he's on tour of the week, stat man. Uh, number two, Liam Abarcus XX uh, claims Connor didn't snap his shin, despite all the evidence to the contrary. DL, including footage, which doesn't really lie, uh, and he's persisting with that that he didn't break his shin. He just, you know, broke his ankle, which is apparently he just pushed through. So, what a fuckhead. <laughs> uh, or the Nigerian uh, film producer from Nollywood, who claims he's got a formula to produce, you know, to the T uh, rematches because he just knows how MMA maths work. So I'm going to throw it over to you, boys. Which one? Uh, 
uh, gets the nomination this week. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Nollywood. Nollywood? Yep. Yeah. I'm taking the Nigerian prince or whatever he is. What is he? <laughs> Nigerian is filmmaker. <laughs> Not a prince. Yeah. Oh, he's a, a producer. filmmaker. Oh, yeah. producer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take the same. Yeah, I'm going to take the Nigerian dude that got into the sport because of the Nigerian Francis Nagano. <laughs> Never said Nigerian. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Never did. No, he didn't. Bring Nollywood at me. That's the only thing that's mediocre about this segment. Nollywood. <laughs> I'm going to take the same, honestly, um, oh. because and, he, and here's the reason why. Um, <laughs> We've heard that, your reason for fucking 10 give minutes. It to him. That, give it to him. That dude would be a millionaire if he had a accurate formula. He'd just be betting. He'd just be betting constantly. If he had an accurate formula, he'd be out here. But, like, MMA is such a unpredictable sport. There's no formula for it. There's no um, one. Think about all the great fights who would have been robbed. St. Pierre, Sarah, uh, Connor Nate too, Stipe, Cormier, Chuck, Randy. The list goes on, Statman. The end. And that's why uh, all the way from Nollywood, you are this week. As I said, DL, happy to recant that if this man or lady, I don't know, uh, <laughs> comes on and actually defends and, and can convince uh, the Statman as to why that formula checks out. If he can convince even 10%, you know, I'm willing to recount that and I'll nominate myself as Tool of the Week for the audacity of putting him up. So let's move on. All right, boys, let's jump back into the picks. We've got two to go. Statman, where are we heading? Co-main event. So boys, finish and round here. Ooh, We've got a women's bantamweight that. bout between Aspen Ladd and Macy Chasen. Aspen Ladd has never before had a layoff that has lasted longer than a year. Ladd will be approaching 20 months on the sideline after having one opponent pull out due to injury and then she herself suffering an ACL and MCL tear. Yeah, look, uh, really was excited for the rise of Aspen Ladd. Obviously cut down a little bit, uh, really stunted the momentum DL. Don't know a lot about Macy, but we've got a... Macy uh, Bantamweight rookie card, courtesy of Panini Prism. So I'm going to read out and learn on the fly. Uh, she did well at UFC uh, The Ultimate Fighter 28. Since then, she's piled her trade at Bantamweight and has proven herself a force. Aggressive with her offense, she's achieved with each of her first three UFC wins inside the distance. No, it didn't sell it to me. I'm on Aspen Lad deal. <laughs> yes. Get it. Panini Prism need to do better. Like For, for how much they charge, that's a pretty mediocre write-up. <laughs> How do you take it? How, how's uh, Lad take it, mate? Decision. Yeah, Macy, uh, I actually watched the the heavy hitters season that Macy Chasen was on. Um, it was kind of funny to watch it because they were all featherweight, uh, women's featherweight, and the second that the season was over, every single one of them dropped down to bantamweight, which is why the <laughs> UFC rankings for featherweight features Amanda Nunes as the champion and then no one beneath her because <laughs> there's literally no featherweights in the UFC. Good fighter, heavy hitter, uh, lots of power in her strikes, good at finishing bouts. I have Aspen Ladd as one of the top prospects um, and one of the most exciting fighters coming out. Layoff and injury has me a little nervous, but I do think that Ladd will have enough to get a wrestling grind-out decision, and I'm taking her by decision as well. Uh, look, Snag's going to take Aspen Ladd as well. Um, boys, putting my calculations in the Nigerian producer's uh, formula sheet that he sent me on Excel, uh, Windows 97, uh, I'm going to take Aspen Ladd. <laughs> Windows <by> 97. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. <God deal. laughs> 
I got Dale on that Windows, one. That was Windows, a good one. Windows Me uh, was my favourite. Windows Me? I don't think I had that. I'm running my DOS program over here. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Aspen Lad by TKO, TKO in uh, round two. Yeah, mate, I've, you gotta you got to wind back a lot of episodes, but um, I'm, I'm big on Aspen Lad. Uh, I've always been pretty big on her. So, and she's, mate, when she's aggressive and she gets in full mount and all she's doing is grand and pounding, she is vicious. It's been brought up a few times. She lets out a scream when she's punching with that and she doesn't even realise she's doing it. So that's wild. And I think we might get a stoppage early third, early third. So uh, TKO, three. It's time! We've got a UFC bantamweight bout between Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw has won seven fight or performance of the night bonuses in his last nine fights. In his first seven fights with the company, he only received one bonus. Disappointment. He's turned it on. Oh, I'm turned on. DL. <laughs> I'm also turned on. Uh, <laughs> Panini Prism also gave us a TJ Dillashaw card. So uh, one of MMA's most powerful pound-for-pound strikers, TJ Dillashaw, rode his talents all the way to the pair of UFC bantamweight title reigns. Henel Brow, Cody Garbrandt. Yep, I'm aroused. That's a good write-up. Uh, <laughs> I think TJ's got a lot to prove. He's got a – I can only imagine the pressure coming back from and all the doubters and all the shit talk. I think he's got a hell of a lot riding on his shoulders for this one. And I, I still think of him as one of – certainly not one of the greatest of all time, but fuck, he was good. So as good as uh, San Hagen has been and loved his knockout of Frankie Edgar, that was, you know, phenomenal, uh, I'm willing to take – the underdog in this one, and risk it all, DL. Risk it all. All the gold, that uh, one and a half grams of gold uh, in that, that belt. <laughs> TJ Dillashaw by round two TKO. Ooh, hello. The UFC belt or your belt? My. Oh, my your belt. belt. <laughs> I'm willing to risk it all uh, by taking the underdog. That's how confident I am, DL. Oh, okay. TJ Dillashaw has a lot going for him and a lot riding against him. I think the most convincing argument for him, at least for Snags, is the fact that his entire career has gone four wins, one loss, four wins, one loss, four wins, one loss, four wins, one loss. (laughs) And he's now on the upswing. So he should theoretically win his next four fights. Um, Also, I completely agree with that card. He is pound for pound one of the hardest hitters in the UFC. Um, Depending on how he returns after two years of layoff, depending on how he returns after a steroid suspension, will he be the same TJ Dillashaw? He's coming back two years later into a new bantamweight division. He is 35 years old, which is surprising considering his youthful appearance, but he is 35 in a division which punishes age. And Corey Sanhagen fought on the same card that TJ Dillashaw last fought on and since then has fought six more times in the length of time that TJ Dillashaw has been suspended. And he's looked dominant. He's looked fantastic. Um, Corey Sanhagen takes this one. He takes it by TKO in the first. Look, I'm actually offended that you would say in on a podcast to the audience that I would look up that many fights to do my pick. <laughs> I am never that planned. I am offended and I feel firmly attacked. <laughs> In saying that, yes, that sounds great and I will go TJ Dillashaw because <laughs> of those stats. <laughs> and uh, look, I'm uh, – he's got same as Stone. He's got a lot of fight for. 
um, try to clear his name for one. And then, um, yeah, you can imagine the pressure about him coming back and hopefully get another Misha Tate win like the weekend. But from the underdog this time, I'm going to take him round three TKO. I don't think being busted for drugs has any problems cementing your legacy in, in pro sports, unfortunately, especially uh, MMA. If we're talking John Jones, John Jones is still talked as the GOAT. TJ has a, a misdemeanor. Well, not misdemeanor, but it was pretty full on. It was pretty heavy doping. But I do think he takes it. I don't think 34 is that old in the UFC, uh, in MMA, the, to be honest. 35 for Bantamweight pretty, pretty so, mate, They talk about fighters being in their prime in their mid-30s. And then we just saw a, a fighter on the weekend competing at 44, and she looked great, even though Misha Tate beat her at 34. So exactly. I'm taking TJ Dillashaw, and I'm going to take Ooh. it early. Uh, we know that Corey Sandhagen's been stopped early once before. It's going to happen again, first round. Here we go. There's a lot riding on it. I think he comes back. I think he comes back fresh. He's proven time and time again that when the pressure's on him, he can remain focused and remain calm. I don't think the pressure will get to him for this one. Going to be a cracker of a fight, boys. Mm. Cannot wait. Uh, and surprisingly, even if we didn't say let's do it on the main event, it would have all come down to this because stats uh, we, we've gone identical for every other fight, I believe. So, yeah, um, yeah bring it on. Main event. Let's do it. So this uh, is Just to counter DL's point, I'm so sorry okay, about cool, Corey Sennhagen being finished early. Um you know TJ Dillashaw got finished in 30 seconds in his last fight out, right? I was talking. Oh, that's against the double, triple C, baby. Jesus Christ. So calm your Shout farm, out man. to triple C. Calm your farm. Go oh, and play some Sim Farm on Windows 97. <laughs> Come back to me when you've got seven pigs and 48 cows, mate. Play Minecraft, mate, and I will. All right, boys, that rounds out our picks. There's also a belt on the line as well as the boys decide to split it in that main. So just to recap, Statman... You are taking who? Corey Sandhagen. By round one KO. Stoney? TJ Dillashaw, round two KO. Right, boys, that rounds out our picks. Let's jump into a little punters club to wind up this podcast. We did have a win a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but last week's come unfulfilled. So, boys. What did we have? uh, I can't remember what we actually had, but it didn't win. That's all I know. Ah. So bank balance still sits at 637. This week's $10 investor on the Neds app is Stony. Stony, come on down. Solid picks, one leg each. It's not Snags' round, so it's not double picks this weekend. Oh. That's it. It was. It was. We did the double picks because it was your yeah. pick, and then you decided oh, to reload again, and we lost again. So you lost 20 bucks. Oh, I can't remember what we reloaded. I'll check where you're going. Or was it my go last week? I don't know. Anyway, it's Stoney's this week. It was your go last week, yeah. Oh, you must have been the week before, Snags. I'm kicking us off with leg one. I'm going – it's it's still winter in Australia, but it's summer somewhere. So I'm taking the one-day internationals. Bit of a challenge for you there, Stoney. West Indies versus Australia. Mm-hmm. It's a tight one. It's a tight one. So Australia's $1.80 on the Neds up. West Indies are $2. I'm going to take Aussies. Aussies locked in at $1.80 DL. Beautiful. Stony, leg two. Boys, we're going to go all the way over to the NBA. Bit of a controversial one, but given that we are all on the Suns and the stat man is now on the Suns, I think that will inspire them yeah. to victory, uh, to level the series. Big Charles Barkley fan. Away from home. Oh, love him. The underdogs as well. So that uh, that gives us a nice little boost. So 274 DL. So you're taking the Suns. Taking the Suns away from home to level the Push, series. Pushing Be- it to a game seven. I like it. Because all the boys, especially the stat man, are on the Suns. And that, that's good enough for me. Well, we want to yeah. see a game seven. So that's good. Copy. Stat man. Going to uh, the world of UFC. That, 
Yeah, given that Neds is the official betting partner of the UFC, <laughs> thought we'd head to the UFC. Um, I'm taking uh, it's a sh- it's short odds here, so I'm taking Jordan Williams at a dollar fifty three to beat Mickey Gall. Um, Mickey Gall, whose last two defeats come by way of Mike Perry and Diego Sanchez, have aged even worse as time goes on, and I just don't think that um, I. To truth be told, hand on heart, I don't even have any idea who the hell Jordan Williams is. But he's matched <laughs> up against Mickey Gall. Um, I'm going to take him. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Locked Sna- in. Snags. Oh, Howard, can we get an update on the before Snags goes? We like to get a bit of spice going once Snags. Yeah, certainly can. Sitting at 7.05 at the minute, deal. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Snags. Cool. Right, boy, Snags is going to go to his usual, I think. Um, just before we get into it, I thought, update for listeners. Our last multi that we put on uh, back end, we got done with Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, and, we did uh, too. England to lift the cup. Oh, that's right. Yeah, penalty shootout and a broken leg. So, uh, yeah. look, the boys were close. We got uh, it was an eight-leg multi too. Good up. Anyway, um, Snags is going to go the Rabbitohs, South Sydney, as I like to call them. Um, going to go the line at minus 14.5, paying $1.83. Uh, they're playing the Warriors this week. Uh, I was going to go the standard, but I thought, you know, 14.5 gives us a bit of room to wiggle. $1.83 feels good for snacks. I like it. Good. Let's hope it's another winner, boys, and we can boost that bank balance a little bit more. That's a wrap on episode 54. If you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We've got lots of content on the go at the moment, so following or subscribing is the best way to stay up to date. If you haven't already checked out runitbackpodcast.store, you can grab some of our merch there. also helps us support the podcast. That's us, episode 54, boys. I'm producer DL. I am Snags. I'm the stat man. My name is Stoney and DL, that brings our multi to $12.83. Okay. You are welcome. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> My bad. That's, still, that's a winnable multi. Absolutely. I like it. We say that every week though, DL. <laughs> every week, that's a winnable. Looks good. Do you know what it is?